uh, mentioned, I'm Martin. I regularly attend the 11 o'clock meeting here with my wife and uh, my children. And um, we're looking uh, today at the next in our series of Jesus Meets. Um, and we're going to be reading from Mark chapter 10. Um, the words will come up on the screen, so you can follow that in your Bibles or on your phones if you uh, choose to use that. And just before we read, just to kind of fill you in with where we're up to in the the journey that Jesus is on. Jesus has traveled down Israel and he's, he's traveling to Jerusalem. And around him has gathered this great crowd, a crowd who um, want to see what he's going to do and um, are excited about him. And we come to Mark chapter 10, verses 46, and this is what we read. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Well, this morning, um, I want to press into two questions that I think this passage poses and answers. And I hope that together, through studying God's word, we'll find the answers um, too. That is, what does it mean to see Jesus? What does it mean to see Jesus? And then, what does it mean to follow Jesus? So what does it mean to see Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Okay. So what does it mean to see Jesus? Well, if we go into the story again, we'll see that Jesus is leaving Jericho. He is on the outskirts of the town, and he's surrounded by this great crowd. If that was today, People would be pressing in, they would have their smartphones, and they'd be taking pictures, selfies, this is me with Jesus, I've heard what he's done. People in that crowd will have left their jobs and families and said, well, this is more interesting, I'm going to see what happens. The great and the good of society would have wanted to be seen, because Jesus is the main event. He is what's happening in this town at this moment, and if you were someone, you want to be there. You can imagine the hustle and the bustle, the jostling, people wanting to get close, people wanting to hear what Jesus is saying. Is he going to say something good? Is he going to rebuke someone? Is he going to perform an amazing miracle? I was there when he healed that Syrophoenician woman. I was there. All these stories people want to take themselves. And in the middle of the hustle, in the middle of the busyness, in the middle of the noise, 
we meet Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus are marginalized, rejected, ignored beggar who sits at the side of the road in the dirt, wearing a dirty clothes in the hope that people will give him something that he might be filled for the day. Now, when I come to Bartimaeus, there's something special about him because he knows who he is. He's, he's accepted. He is a blind man who needs help. There is something that's not right in him. And I think there's a parallel between you and I in Bartimaeus. You see, we might not be physically blind, but we are spiritually blind. It's what the Bible tells us. Bartimaeus puts himself in the way of Jesus. And in doing so, as a um, great preacher from um, the Reformation period, Jonathan Edwards said, he said, what Bartimaeus lacks in eyesight, he makes up for in insight. Say that again. What he lacks in eyesight, he makes up for in insight. And that, that's our story. Actually, if you know Jesus, it's come into that place of insight of recognizing who is Jesus. Who are we? You see, we are made in God's image. We are made for relationship. We are made to be filled with something that is beyond what we can give ourselves. We try. We invest our times in our careers, in our relationships, in friendships, in hobbies. All good things. But ultimately, we're investing ourselves in the things that might fill us for the day. We're like Bartimaeus, sitting at the side of the road, hoping that these things might sustain us. And that if we get enough of these things, we might get through life. And we might say, we've had a good life. I've achieved this. I've done this. But there's still that emptiness there. And I would just ask you, are you aware of your condition this morning? Do you know that there is something within you that only God can fill. See, I'll tell you a story. I went out with my family last week. We went to Sherwood Forest to uh, a festival about Robin Hood. And uh, I'll take my wife and my children, and we're walking along, and you can see people dressed up, fighting each other with swords, Robin Hood's taking on the Sheriff of Nottingham. Um, you've got people playing lutes and doing crafts and all these things. And uh, walking away, if I turned around, the children weren't behind us. They were back down the path. What they were looking at was a dead log. There was a log that was just in the middle of the path, and the two children had just given themselves to look a piece of dead wood. They were missing out on what was going on. And actually, I think we can be like that. You see, the things that we spend our time investing ourselves in to fill us, those are 
stop us seeing what's really going on. Bartimaeus, he, he didn't miss what's going on. Jesus is here. Jesus is coming. And I'm going to be heard. I'm going to be seen. Not like my children looking at a piece of dead wood. But actually, I'm going to see life in its fullness. Because life in its fullness is only found when we see Christ in his fullness. Um, when I was seven or eight years old, that was when I discovered who Jesus was for myself. It was a long time ago, sadly. Um, but uh, I, I was brought up, I went to um, church for my family. We didn't have the children provision that we have here in church. So on a Sunday morning, I would take a few games, a few books, sit down in between the um, chairs. And when the sermon started, a good week would be a friend of mine would come and we would sit and play games together until I started singing the hymn at the end. And I knew that I could get a biscuit and a, and a drink. That was, that was my Sundays. And then one Sunday... My, not a Sunday, actually, one uh, midweek, my parents said to me, um, we're going to go and hear um, a man who's a musician, and he's got a story to tell. So I was excited, seven or eight years old. I get to go out, stay out late, come home when it's dark. It doesn't happen very often at that age, especially for, for me. But um, I, I turned up, and I didn't have those things in my hand. And I listened to this guy as he played his different instruments, and he started to tell me his story. So I tell everyone his story. His story was one of, in his youth, he'd rejected those around him. He'd pursued the things that he thought would bring him joy. And he'd found them empty. He'd brought nothing but pain on himself. And he was alone. And then he found Jesus. Jesus came to him. And as he was telling his story, I too caught a glimpse of Jesus. And I, I remember to this day, walking out of that building, getting in the car, going home, going straight up to my bedroom and throwing myself on the floor and just praying, Jesus, I believe in you. I want to know more of you. I want to live for you. I want to follow you. And at that moment, Jesus came and met me. Jesus stood before me. Just like Bartimaeus, Jesus saw me. Jesus heard me. And this morning, that can be true for you. If you do not know Jesus, Jesus is here. Jesus wants to meet you. Please, make today the day you meet Jesus. There's no greater thing you can do today. Um, and then as we look in our story, we see that Bartimaeus, he's not willing to let Jesus go. He's put himself in the way and he's going to cry out, no matter what other people say to him, no matter what condition he's in, no matter what pain and suffering he's experiencing. Jesus is not going to walk past him without him being heard. And he cries out, and the crowd tell him, be quiet. You're, who are you to shout out? Look, we've got the great and good in the crowds. We don't need the marginalized, do we? Well, that's not Jesus. That's not how Jesus thinks. Jesus hears Bartimaeus, and Jesus stops. You know who it reminds me of? You know, like this one. Um, in 1988, we had an Olympic ski jumper. 
His name was Eddie the Eagle, or Eddie Edwards. And Eddie the Eagle was someone who had a vision. Someone who believed he could represent Great Britain in the Winter Olympics. His father laughed at him. His friends mocked him. Fellow competitors ridiculed him. The Olympic organizers said, you're not, you're not welcome. You're not good enough. You, don't, you can't come. You're excluded. But Eddie the Eagle, he, he didn't listen to them. And he went on to compete. He went on to set a British record. And he found fulfillment in himself in doing that. How much more can we apply that to Bartimaeus? The crowd say, we don't think you're good enough to come. You're excluded, not Jesus. Jesus says, stand up, call him here, come to me. And he comes and he finds acceptance. And no matter who you are, where you've come from, what's going on in your life, Jesus stands before you this morning and he's wants you to come. And when you come, you will be accepted. See, Bartimaeus is asked by Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? And he gives quite a simple answer. He doesn't say, well, Jesus, tell a crowd to give me lots of food to fill my bowl today. I could do the new cloak. It's really dirty and smelly. It's horrible. He, he knows his need. His need is to see. And he says to Jesus, I just want to see. And I have faith that you are the person who can bring vision to my eyes. And it's, that's an insight of how Jesus works with us today. See, Jesus gives us the faith through the Holy Spirit to see Jesus through the Spirit, we have the faith to believe in Jesus. And then Jesus comes and meets us and does the impossible. Faith is a God-given gift of grace. It rises in our hearts. You can see it rising in Bartimaeus' hearts as he, as he cries out and as he comes to Jesus. But God... God does the salvation. You don't need to do anything. Just come to him. It's an image of eternity. I, it's amazing. I'm going to ask you to do something, and it, I think it will really help you understand this story. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to see what it might be like to be Bartimaeus. As you stand there, the crowd has stilled around him. He's in front of Jesus. And he hears the words of Jesus. Say, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And as those words fall out of Jesus' mouth, Bartimaeus begins to see. The colors flood into his eyes. Shapes begin to form. I can only imagine Bartimaeus just must start crying. And as the tears wash away the darkness, 
They wash away the hopelessness, the despair, the feeling of not being worthy. As vision comes to Bartimaeus' eyes, there in front of him stands Jesus. The first face he looks into is the face of Jesus. And that doesn't just count for Bartimaeus. That counts for us. You see, it's an image of eternity. One day, we will stand in front of Jesus. The Bible promises it. And Jesus promised that he has gone ahead of us to prepare space, if we know him. And on that day, as our tears roll down our cheeks, as our failures our sins, our pain, our despairs, our hurt, as they are washed away, we'll see the face of Jesus. And you know what? Jesus has promised us that if we know him, the words we'll hear are, welcome, my good and faithful servant. Come on in. Heaven's your home. That's what Jesus promises Far more than being filled for the day, being filled for eternity. And it's even better if you were to go forward in your Bible to 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. It says that when we see Jesus, in a moment, we will be like Jesus. When we see Jesus, we will be like Jesus. Now, if that's not something worth crying out for, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. So Bartimaeus saw Jesus. We can see Jesus. Jesus stands here this morning. What, what does it mean then to follow Jesus? So the story for Bartimaeus doesn't end with Jesus giving him his sight back and commending him for his faith. If you look again at what Jesus says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. What choice does Bartimaeus make? He chooses to follow Jesus. His way is now Jesus' way. It's not back to Jericho. It's not back to old family and friends that he might know. His way is, I am going to pursue Jesus. And where's Jesus going again? Jesus is going to Jerusalem. And he's going there on a mission. See, Jesus is on a rescue mission, and that rescue mission will involve him being betrayed, him being arrested, beaten, spat on, mocked, flogged, and then crucified. And Jesus is doing that for Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus doesn't know that's what's going to happen. But what he knows is I've seen Jesus and I'm going to follow Jesus. And you know what else? Jesus did that for you and he did it for me. And it's life changing. It's life transforming. I saw a glimpse of it as a small child. I didn't understand everything. You don't need to. All you need to do is when you've seen Jesus, give yourself to follow him. Give yourself to him. There is no one more worthy to follow. What do you need to do 
to let go of those things that take your eyes from Jesus? What is it in your life that fills your begging bowl or your empty hands? What is it that you clothe yourself with? Because like Bartimaeus, they're just filthy rags. But Jesus promises, follow me, and I can give you immeasurably more. See, Bartimaeus has a choice. He can choose to accept Jesus has healed me and go back to his life. But he doesn't. He chooses to pursue Jesus. It costs Bartimaeus nothing to see. It costs him nothing. Sit there and cry out, please help me. But Bartimaeus does choose to follow Christ. He casts aside all that hinders him. He doesn't run back and say, there's my cloak, it's kept me warm. He leaves it there. Us as Christians, how is our vision of Jesus? Is it as clear as that moment that you first saw him? Or have we allowed debris from life to block our view of it? That's a, it's a question because if we can't see Jesus properly, we can't follow Jesus. And what do we do about that? We call out to Jesus again. We call out and he comes again and he says, here I am, see me. Once our hearts have seen the beauty of Jesus, once we've met him, once we've found healing in him, our hearts will want us to follow him, even to the cross. So let each one of us, like Bartimaeus, cry louder and louder. Don't let Jesus pass you by. He is here. Jesus promised that he is there in word, in spirit, and in his people. Today we gather with his word. His spirit is here, and we are his people. Jesus stands in front of you. Cry out, see him, and follow him. You know, following Jesus to the cross, that can cost. That can cost. But it's worth it. And I would ask, are we pressing in? Are we pursuing Christ? Do we take time to read and pray? Do we take time to serve and love? In those small things, we are following Christ. And when Christ leads and we follow, we're taken to greater, greater places. You see, Bartimaeus followed Christ to, to the cross, just like we do, but the story doesn't end at the cross. As we sang, our King Jesus, he was resurrected. He came back and he went ahead to heaven. We follow Christ to the cross and to heaven. That's where our home is. That's where we are filled. That's where we find wholeness. I was going to tell a little story. Um, 40 years ago, the founder of a, a tech company called Atari. People of my generation, I'm sure you've played Atari computer games and consoles. Well, his name was Nolan Bushnell. And he, he was offered the chance by one of his engineers to invest in a, a company that was being set up. 
Now, he looked at the opportunity and said, well, you want 50,000 pounds, people to have computers at home? It's not for me. And he passed that opportunity by. That engineer, his name was Steve Jobs. That 50,000 pound investment, which seemed like a lot to him, would now be worth at least $480 billion. He missed the board. He missed out because he couldn't recognize the opportunity that stood in front of him. He wasn't like Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus knew the opportunity that stood in front of him. Jesus stood in front of him. This morning, today, Jesus stands in front of you. It may be Jesus stands in front of you for the first time. It may be Jesus stands in front of you for the last time. This morning, I pray that you might open your eyes and see him and not let him go. Take hold of him. He's there. It may cost you. But unlike Nolan Bushnell, if you can give Jesus your heart, Jesus promises you'll never need a begging bowl of life again. You shall live in a life that's full in all its abundance. Life eternal, life with Jesus. And you'll no longer be clothed in filthy rags. No, amazingly, Jesus promises that we'll be clothed as kings in heaven. Washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And most amazingly, we'll get to gaze into the eyes of Jesus. We'll see him face to face for eternity. And in doing so, we'll be like him. Chris. So this morning, as we've looked at Jesus when he meets Bartimaeus, I've asked you, what does it mean to look to Jesus? What does it mean for you? What is in your bowl? What do you clothe yourself with that hinders you? That stops you coming? If you've never seen Jesus before, today's the day. Grasp it. He stands in front of you and he says, what can I do for you? And those of us who have seen Jesus, how's the journey going? Are we pursuing Christ with all our heart? Next week, we get a real chance to celebrate Duncan and Hannah and the team pursuing Jesus to Manchester. How great is that? But this morning, come and meet Jesus. Jesus.